Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit ContractProperties.net. The 3HL, powered by the Tennessee Lottery, with Brent Doherty and Don Davenport. Powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. Pretty Doherty, Don Davenport with you until 6 o'clock. It is the two for Tuesday edition. I, I don't know what you get to. Uh, you get two hosts and a producer. Oh, yeah. Two uh. turntables and a microphone. Two takes for the price of one. I, I don't know what you get. But remember back in the day, like you're in college years or whatever, and you go for, you know, two for Tuesday meant something completely different than uh <laughs> Maybe a little bit of sports talk and topics and things like that. But we have more than two topics. And I I promise you, Dawn, and I I don't mean to get too graphic, but I'm not cramping. Oh, Lord. I'm good to go. I'm I'm completely hydrated. I'm good to go. What in the world was that last night? Poor Lamar Jackson. Poor Lamar Jackson. I mean, everybody, everybody is talking about it. Dude, fight through that crap, literally. I mean... You got a game to win. You don't go back into the locker room. He says he was cramping, to be fair, not like cramping. He was limping a bit. I mean, he was walking kind of funky. He was walking kind of funky like it could have been cramps. Or he didn't want to allow something to happen that might be embarrassing. Might have been a little clenched. How did, here's this the thing. All, how did this get so out of hand? Social I don't media, know. I mean, it just probably it, it just blew it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that I would be the only one with jokes like that. Uh, doing this deal. <laughs> um, no, it's funny because like I thought he was legit cramping. And then, uh, you know, you get on social media and it's all kinds of other stuff. The other stuff, being, like if you did number one, if you didn't watch last night's game. Number I mean, two. you you missed the game of the year, like you just oh, did. So, and get this, I fell asleep. Oh man, I sure did. Yeah, so I wake up like super early this morning with the baby, and uh, of course, Mister Babs is like, "You have to go, go, go look at the highlights. Go, just go watch." <laughs> um, the highest scoring game of the season, forty-seven to forty-two, was the final. Um, it should have been forty-five to forty-two, which would have saved a lot of people a lot of money, Oof. and it would have made a lot of people a lot of uh, a lot of other people a lot of money. I, I will get to that. Like part of maybe it, but... the baddest bad beat ever, <laughs> right? I was the texting, baddest. I was texting Alan Bell during that, and there was just like a string of obscenities <laughs> hanging over. <laughs> Lake Amulet or whatever that place is over by the Titans facility. Uh, no, it was uh, it was crazy. Um, for those that don't know, the line was Baltimore by three and a half. So Baltimore kicked a field goal with two seconds left to put them up by three. So if you bet Cleveland plus the three and a half, you still won, right? All Cleveland has to do is Baker Mayfield either throws it as far as he can and the game's over. Or they do that stupid lateral thing 
I say stupid lateral thing. I actually enjoy those things. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then somebody like ultimately gets tackled with the football, like an offensive lineman ends up with it somehow. And, and because those guys can't run down the field anyway, so they end up near the football and they, and then the game's over. No, not this one with a three and a half point spread and up by three, um, the Ravens get Cleveland out of bounds in the end zone for the safety. So they win by five. So everybody that had Cleveland, uh, plus the three and a half thought they had a winner for sure. And then, uh, because of the most ridiculous play that you'll see this season, they don't have the money. Now, FanDuel has offered a refund because it was such a, a bad, bad beat. beat. How nice is that? It's very nice of them. And it's, uh, Alan Bell will tell you later, it's gonna, it's gonna cost them about $750,000 FanDuel, but you know, That's it's nothing. credit, it's credit to the site and it's a good deed on their part, you know. And then you can jump in and play other games, right? Which I tell you to do pretty much every day when I talk about FanDuel. Yeah. Um, I enjoy, uh, uh, and I, I will say this, like I had, I had a couple of things down on last night's game and I, I'll tell you about the wins that I have, uh, because I enjoy that, but I'll also tell you about the losses. So I took Cleveland, uh, minus the three and a half. And then at some place in the third quarter, it was 33. Three to twenty, something like that. Thirty-four to twenty. Mm-hmm. It was thirty-four to twenty. That's what it was. And I took Cleveland plus thirteen and a half money line. So Cleveland comes back and they take the lead, and I'm like, dude, that was like plus three, whatever it was. Like I was going to win significant money off a minimal bet. And then, uh, and then here comes Lamar Jackson. Like I think I've got this thing locked up. Because you've got Trace McSorley out there, who, strangely enough, is my 10-year-old's favorite quarterback. I don't know. What? Why. Yeah, I, I don't know why. He likes to play him with Madden. Uh, oh, and, okay. Yeah, and I told him, I said, look, if James Franklin wouldn't have left Vanderbilt, that was going to be Vanderbilt's quarterback, Trace McSorley. He was committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, but when James Franklin left, he followed him to Penn State. So there you go. Um, and you think you have it done? I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's a, the plus, plus 13 and a half money line in-game bet. I'm like. I'm going to quit after this. And then uh, here comes Lamar Jackson running out of the locker room. Some people say running out of the bathroom. And he gets out there just in time for McSorley to, I guess. I needed that ACL. music. I know. And I needed the music too. Like after McSorley went down after. Oh, the Titanic tore his, music? Yes. Like the, <laughs> and then just the, the up of Lamar running out of the locker room to come save it all. Like, dun, dun, dun. Here I come. I needed to all of day. it. Yes, um, that is what Lamar did. So Lamar comes running out just in time. Like, I think probably somebody told him, hey, McSorley, I think, just tore everything in both knees. You might need to get out there. So here he comes running in. Fourth down and six. And he could have run for the first down on that play. I'm like, where are y'all, Browns? And fun, oddly enough, he's playing the Browns. Um, and then he throws the touchdown pass. I'm like, okay, that's about right. This is how I lose bets. <laughs> um, and so uh, that's what happened. Uh, game of the year, no doubt. Let's see what else uh, from ESPN Stats and Info. Most points, to your point, you you fell asleep before all this happened. Yeah. Mo- most points in final two minutes since 2013 Ravens-Vikings. Um, first game to end in a safety since 2016. And this is odd. First NFL game in history with a 47-42 final score. <laughs> So all of that happened. Baker Mayfield. Leave it to Baker to be involved in a game like that. 
Hmm. I don't know. You know, here's the thing, though. Like, he had he had issues, but he went to the locker room, left his team out there. He should have just, just whatever happens, happens, man. You just got to play through it. If you end up with a stain on your pants, you end up with a stain on your pants. You got to play through it. I mean, you can't leave your teammates it. hanging. They didn't have white pants on, right? Right. You're Just good. let it let it flow. Let yourself go. Um, and he, he missed two drives. Like, that game wouldn't have even been in doubt if Lamar would have just fought through it. Just, I mean, just deal with it, bro. Oh, come on. I don't think so. Chanho Park, back in the day, Major League Baseball pitcher, he just dealt with it, and then they asked him about it in the locker room. I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> that's, that's what you want to know? Your manager said you were sick. Yeah, I had a lot of diarrhea. Uh, yeah, I had an idea, and then, uh, oh, well, it's funny. I mean, <laughs> save it. Yeah, the, the off day, off day, I had a lot of idea, so, and I feel afraid, uh, and then yesterday I went through too, like a little, a lot of cough. And then you know, just chest hurt and feel dehydrated, something like that. <laughs> I mean, listen. The best this part is, a is the spir- journalist losing it in the background. <laughs> this is a serious journalistic radio broadcast. We are not <laughs> going to act like children ever. <laughs> Or we will completely. Uh, yeah, so the reporters laughing in the background. That's hilarious. That it just made it like it made the entire thing even funnier. <laughs> He's like, "What?" Hydrate. That hydration's the key, man. And then uh, you know there were also all these other conspiracy theories about how uh, he had um, uh, a wrap, like Doctor Cho on the internet. He had a wrap on his arm. Yeah, because he went and got an IV. Yeah, because of dehydration, because of the diarrhea. Jano Park just outlined the whole thing. Because he had cramps. Yeah, I know. He did fluids. Like I said, I don't know what started the whole thing, but man, if you fell asleep and then woke up this morning and hopped on social media, (laughs) it was definitely a different world. My uh, 17-year-old was studying for exams, and um, he came down to get some water. It was 3420, and he was like, yeah, that's about right. And then he went back up to study again. He came back down, and the Browns were winning. He's like, what happened? <laughs> like, I was only up there for like 25 minutes. So, I don't know. Um, yes. So good. Um, we're, great we're, game. We're not children. That was a great game, and we're just uh, telling you what happened. That's all. Uh, Kim and Rashad on Twitter, you can hit us there at 3HL1045. Did they clinch a playoff spot with that win? Clinch in uh, quotation marks. <laughs> uh, just saying on Twitter, Brent, you're crapping on what a what was the game of the year. What a S-word attitude. Uh, and Jim Wyatt hopping on 3HL at 315 in Nashville to talk about the Titans. I'm sure he's glad to come on this program. Uh, we will talk about the We'll clean Titans. it up for you, Jimmy. We'll clean it up here. Yes. Uh, Titans uh, and uh, Lions coming up this weekend. What's the latest with Matthew Stafford? 
Uh, Titans brought somebody back from IR today. We'll get into all that next. 3HL 104.5. This- Time for TitansOnline.com's Jim Wyatt. Presented by Accurate Mortgage on 104.5 The Zone. Great job, powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone. Jim Wyatt joins us every Tuesday at 3.15 to talk Titans football about the previous game and then the game coming up. So we'll break down the Titans win over the Jags and take a look ahead to Titans uh, v. Lions. But first, Jim Wyatt, uh, you have a football coach over at your uh, favorite uh, institution, Vanderbilt. Uh, What do you think about the Clark Lee hiring? I'm excited about it. I think it's a great hire for Vanderbilt. I think he fits exactly what you're looking for as far as a guy that can stick there and build a program. Uh, you know, and hopefully he can do something similar to what Pat Fitzgerald's done in Northwestern. Uh, I like the fact that he's had so many good experiences along the way. as a guy who uh, is, uh, is no question one of the best assistant coaches in college football. And the fact that he's a Nashvilleian. Uh, you know, has me excited about him. So, uh, more I read, more I've read about him, the more excited I am about the hire. So, I think it's a good, uh, I think it's a really good development for Vanderbilt. Yeah, anxious to get to know him. Um, and uh, we've obviously put a request in. He's he's busy doing Notre Dame things this week, so uh, we hope to uh, get him on next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting to know Clark Lee. I don't know anything about him outside of what I've asked other people that know him and. And I hear pretty consistently that he's a great dude. He's a really smart football coach, and and uh, he really cares about his players. So anxious to get to know him. Um, Jim, big win in Jacksonville. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I hit on this all day yesterday. But, you know, if you, if you want to just write it off as Jacksonville's no, no good, you also have to consider the fact that their previous five games, four of them had been decided by four points or less. So it was a football team that was still fighting. Uh, so a combination of both. I thought the Titans played really, really well. I don't think Jacksonville matches up well with them. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously you're supposed to beat an 1-11 in team, uh, but that doesn't mean it has to be easy. And I, I tell you what impressed me the most about it. I mean, there was a stretch there when it was 7 nothing. the Titans don't get the fourth down conversion, and then they turn the ball over and Jackson cuts it. Seven to three, and, and I'm sitting here thinking this is going to be another one of those games that's going to go down to the end, and you're going to have to try to figure out a way to pull it out. And it should have never really come to this because the Titans were out playing them early and just couldn't pull away. And then the thing just kind of flipped. You know, they get the long drive at the end of the first half, score, somehow get in position to kick a field goal. Uh, you know, after get the ball back with nine seconds left, score again, and then score again in the third quarter, and then the, it was it was game over. I, mean, I like the kind of uh, killer instinct the team showed when it got ahead. And uh, and you're right, Brent. I mean, it was Jacksonville, say what you want to about them. And again, it's a 1-11 team. You're supposed to beat that team. But you know, they, they, they had the Packers beat. They, they took the Vikings to overtime the week before. They, uh, you know, they were two points from the Texans. Uh, you know, every one of their games in the last month has been close, and they've been competitive. And this one really wasn't. So, uh, I, I like the fact that the Titans took care of business, and that's what this team needs to do on Sunday. Because you just look around, I and mean, AFC's got some good teams in it this year. And look at the yep. schedule of some of these teams coming up. I mean, it, you, you need to keep winning, and you can't afford any more slip-ups moving forward. Um, obviously, uh, the, uh, 
Lions defense has struggled to stop the run. But before we kind of jump into that, let's talk about Derrick Henry, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jim, you've obviously been there for almost every Titans play, but you were there for the CJ2K season. Just curious um, from from your take, kind of a comparison on how you feel um, from that season and, and, and the, the rush to 2000 and this season in Derrick Henry's ability to get there. Well, it really is. I mean, that, that I have to say, even though that season, uh, you know, that, that's all really you were shooting for at the end was seeing if CJ got to 2K and he did and really had reality, had the chance to win the overall, you know, breaking the record if you don't have a penalty. Uh, questionable holding penalty in that game, but that was that was an incredible amount of fun just watching him break off one long, long run after the next, have one 100 yard game after the next, and uh, he was explosive and uh, and as fun to watch as any player that I've ever covered. Uh, you know, as I watch Derrick Henry and, and see what he's been able to do by the way he does it, I, I think I think he's impressed me. It's funny. I, Always looked at Eddie, I always wondered who the best back was uh, between Eddie George and Chris Johnson. You know, for so many years, and and both of them had their attributes. But the more I see Derrick Henry, and the more he produces, and uh, you know, j- just how much he means to this team. I mean, he, he's he's in t- in my mind, if he keeps it going, is going to finish as the best running back in this franchise's history and mm-hmm. obviously he's got to keep doing it but he's just a special player I mean it's amazing to me that you know with the number of carries he continues to get and the fact that defense was trying so hard to slow him down that he continues to wear the other team down and continues to rack up long runs 100 yard games 200 yard games and um, now the question is just how much longer can you do it and I know everybody wants them to get to 2,000 now. Everybody, you know, I, I get the sense a lot of people, you know, want to see that happen. Now you got to be smart if you're the Titans and just try to weigh how important it is to help them get there, how important is his health going down the stretch, and hopefully you can find a balance where you're winning with him, putting up big numbers that can help him get there. I, I think he obviously has a legit shot because I think they're going to have to play out these last three. Um, just just with where Indy is uh, at nine and four, they've got the Texans this weekend, uh, who you know were were, at, were without their top three wide receivers. Deshaun Watson left that game with an elbow injury; he hit his elbow on on the helmet of a defender. Uh, then they're at the Steelers, and the Steelers look completely different than the eleven and zero Steelers that that we saw um, in their last two. And then Texans at home. I, I think the Titans are going to need all three of these games. And, and he's getting hot like he does toward the end of the year, Jim. Uh, last three games, 586 yards, six touchdowns. That's 147 per and 6.2 yards per carry. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he got there. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I mean, I just, this office this weekend is an opportunity where you can can have success and, yep. uh, and, and try to get big chunks like the team has done. Uh, here in recent weeks, and if he does that, you go to Green Bay. You know, a lot's going to hinge on how that kind of game goes, what the weather's like, obviously. But yeah, I could see them needing him to play a big role in all three games down the stretch. The big question is, is you know, what happens if the Colts, you know, should drop, uh, you know, this game to the Steelers? Uh, yep. 
and, and maybe another one before then, and, and the game doesn't mean as much as how you approach it. Hopefully that's the problem the Titans will be faced with. But I think if you look at it now, and you mentioned some of what's ahead for the Colts, that, you know, when I look at the schedule, I'm, I'm kind of like you, Brent. I think, I, think it's, I think the last game of the season is going to mean something. Looking at Ryan Tannehill, he gets overlooked by uh, Derrick Henry's attention uh, oftentimes. And, and um, you know, he's got a career high, 28 touchdown passes already with three games to go. He's got a chance to go over 4,000 yards. Um, feeding off Derrick Henry, man, it's something we talked about during the offseason that those guys need each other and they play so well off each other. Uh, that that play-action passing game is strong. Yeah, and he just doesn't make mistakes, man. I think that's what's so yeah. you know impressive to me about him. And with all those touchdown passes, he's still just throwing five interceptions. There's and there's not a lot of games where he's you know getting away with some bad throws either. I mean, he, he usually knows where he wants to go with it. It's very accurate. You know that that flea flicker play that I thought was well defended. He still put it in the position where AJ Brown's only one to catch that ball. So I mean, he's he's been really really good. Uh, had no drop off at all compared to last season, and uh, you know this is a team that can score. Uh, I think if you're the you know if you're the Titans and a fan of this team, I think you're, you're you can count on the offense showing up every Sunday. Now it's just a matter of whether you get more consistent play out of defense. And I thought that um, what we saw on Sunday was encouraging. Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com is the website at Jay Wyatt Sports. If you have a question for Jim, we'd love to hear from you. 615-737-1045. That's 615-737-1045. Jim, the, the secondary play has been up and down, and, and a lot of that has to do with mixing and matching pieces uh, from week to week. But this week, I got to tell you, man, Malcolm Butler and Ty Smith were great. Malcolm Butler gave up one catch for five yards, and he had an interception. So he had as many catches as he gave up. Yeah, and I think he's been really good all season. And then Ty Smith, who steps in because Breon Borders won on injured reserve and because the door still not available and because Kristen Fulton wasn't available. I mean, he's, he's kind of next man up. And I thought he was really good in run defense. I thought he was good, you know, in pass defense. You know, it didn't get fooled when they, uh, when they tried to double move on him, something like Babel mentioned yesterday. Now, the question is, is kind of what happens from here? What happens down the stretch? Kristen Fulton, officially off of the designated for return list and activated from injured reserve today. So he'll be back in the mix, you know, continue to watch and see what happens with the Dory. You know, he practiced all week last week, but obviously wasn't in a position to play. That's why he was ruled out Friday. But, you know, it's good that you're kind of getting some fresh legs back now. And uh, and I think it's, it's really encouraging that Butler's just playing so, you know, such a feistiness to him. Uh, and now you just hope you can get some things to settle down. I mean, I, I thought the fact that Kenny Vaccaro couldn't play and you had to make that decision over the weekend after him practicing all week, and then obviously, again, you're going with a new quarterback. I thought there was a situation where they could have some issues with communication and, and uh, you know, just dealing with new guys in there, and I thought that, I thought the back end of the defense played really well. Yeah, uh, still no pass rush. Um, the, pass rush has been an issue. It is an issue. It will be an issue. I, you know, at this point, I don't know what you can do to fix it. But one quarterback hit on fifty-four pass attempts. Uh, they, they've got to figure out a way to get better at that. 
Yeah, but I will say this: I thought they were a little more, they were more active and kind of got the quarterback off the spot a little bit more on Sunday than previous weeks. But yeah, you've got to get there. And, and Vrabel said himself, you know, they missed opportunities, they missed opportunities, intercept passes as well. But uh, you know, it, that's one thing that is definitely lacking is is just having a consistent pressure on the quarterback, and and that puts a strain on the. You know, on the secondary and the rest of the defense when you're not able to do that. So, uh, big curious to see the quarterback is for the Lions this week. Obviously, Stafford dealing with rib, rib mm-hmm. cartilage injury that has him, I guess, questionable here at the middle portion of the week. Be curious to see where that goes, and that will go a long way in, in determining how the Titans are able to defend the Lions on Sunday. Yeah, what do you think about Chase Daniel? That's a guy that's been uh, in the league for a long, long time. I, I remember him at Missouri, uh, maybe when they were in the Big Eight. Rather face him than, than Stafford. I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and nothing against Chase Daniel, but uh, you know Stafford is certainly a guy who, you know, obviously he's toughed it out a lot of weeks. That's why you never can be sure what's going to happen. He's played through so many injuries during his career, but I'd, I'd rather have. Daniel and then Stafford. Well, Jim Wyatt, TitansOnline.com. Jim, big picture, you look at this Titans team, you see what, what they've put on film, what they've showed us um, maybe the last few weeks uh, all together. If you look at this franchise and what the pieces they have right now, uh, where would you point to and say, okay, this is where maybe the concern is for a Super Bowl run. This is what needs to happen for them to make a Super Bowl run or a postseason push? Well, I think, I know uh, we kind of touched on a little earlier, but I think the defense is obviously the question mark. I mean, this, this team can score. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, a streak of the past four games where you, you have 400 yards and 30 points. Uh, that's never happened in franchise history uh, four weeks in a row. You know, the Titans have scored 30 points uh, in eight of the 13 games this year and 40 in a couple of them. This team is capable of scoring with anybody. It's just a matter of whether or not the defense can can play well and give you a chance. I, mean, I, I watched that game last night between the Browns and the Ravens. It's one of the best games, I think, during the NFL season, and both those teams are can score right along with you. And, and the AFC is going to be, you know, I, I think, all the same teams are, are Jockeying for positions, you know, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, it's just a matter of where some of these are going to end up, and you're going to you're going to be playing teams in the playoffs that that are capable of putting some points up. So it's just a matter of whether this defense can settle down, you know, get some pressure, force turnovers, and uh, and then obviously you want to have consistency in special teams. And I think this past week was a great step in that direction. Uh, but I'm not worried about the offense. I think this offense is going to be able to score with anybody. It's just uh, the question marks will continue about the defense, uh, you know, and that's going to kind of determine where the season goes. Jim Wyatt, TennesseeTitans.com, joins us on 3HL. Hey, I went through um, the scheduling, as you said, um, and you mentioned how tough the AFC is, and, and when, it's all, when all is said and done, you, you could have a 10-6 and 16, for example, not get in. Um, it, it, it really could go that way. Now, looking from a Titans perspective, obviously the Titans want to win the division first time since 2008. But if they were to slip and fall to that sixth seed where Indianapolis is right now, 
they would miss the Chiefs until the AFC Championship round. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's not such a bad thing, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could look at it a number of ways. That's why it's funny when you know people were asking last night you know, who you cheer for the the Browns or the Ravens, and you know, look at both of their. I mean, I'll look at the Ravens schedule, and I don't, I don't think they lose another game, and. And They're I think not. the Browns, no. obviously the Browns are in two. In two. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much counting on, you know, the teams that are that are in that mix now to still be there. And it's really just a matter of, of obviously, yes, you'd like to host a home playoff game and win the division. That's one of the goals going in. But a lot of the playoffs is going to be determined by your who you play and your path to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you got to get in the mix first, but uh, uh, matchups is going to be key once you get into January. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Baltimore. They play the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. Um, let's see, where's Cleveland? Cleveland plays at the Giants, at the Jets, and then they've got that game against Pittsburgh, and, and Pittsburgh is the conundrum here. Like, how good, how, have they just lost it? Like, that that's kind of where I am. That, they get a get-right game with the Bengals this weekend, but then they have the Colts and then at Brown. So uh, there, there's plenty of, of stuff that can still happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if the Browns would have figured out a way to win that game last night, I, I thought the Browns had a real good chance to still win that division. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. But, yeah, I, I think the Steelers don't look as scary as they did a couple of weeks ago. I, I think there's one team that's proven to be elite uh, in the AFC, and right now that's doesn't mean they're unbeatable, but I think that's that's obviously the team uh, you know that has proven itself, and now everybody else is, is playing for positioning and and trying to hit you know hit their stride at the right time. Well, Jim, we appreciate the visit, man. Look forward to the game coming up this weekend. A chance for the Titans to win their tenth, and uh, uh, for everyone uh, out there that's a Titans fan, which would arguably be most people listening to us right now. Uh, what's going on on the website, TennesseeTitans.com? Be a lot of game, you know. Obviously, the start of another practice week uh, starts up tomorrow, so I have a lot of practice updates. Uh, you know, we'll have uh, have have the mail back up right now. Uh, you know, busy week of Zoom calls. Uh, you know, coming up starting tomorrow, a lot coming that. So there will be continued uh, coverage leading up to the game on uh, on Sunday against the Lions, and should be a uh, should be another busy week. It's, TennesseeTigers.com. Appreciate it, Jim. Y'all have a great week. Thank you. At Jay White, SportsTennesseeTitans.com. When we come back, we'll dive into the SEC. There is a coach with a new contract in the Southeastern Conference. There is a new offensive coordinator in the Southeastern Conference. Okay. Plus your phone call, 615-737-1045. 3HL powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5 The Zone with uh, the problems that Lamar Jackson was evidently having last night. I I was wondering if any of y'all out there have had a scenario where you were caught and you had to go leave what you were doing. Maybe it was sports related. Maybe it was uh, giving a speech at the Rotary Club. Maybe it was uh, praising Jesus in church. I I don't know. But maybe you had to go. Are we really opening up this can of worms? (laughs) That situation. We really are. You did not consult. With me prior to opening this I didn't up. consult with myself. The words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> hey, don't listen to this real quick. Brent, was it Matt Hasselback who came on 3HL years ago oh, yes. and talked about going under center? Yes. And 
I don't remember that. that. I forgot about that. Can you find that? I don't know. I hope so. So his center was having problems like Lamar Jackson, but he couldn't leave. He chose to to stay that and 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 deal with it and be there for his teammates. So he had a little issue in his pants. And he's a center. And Hasselbeck is having to go under center. They didn't have a shotgun offense. Oh, geez. So Hasselbeck told the story about how he started going shotgun for every play call. Even if the play wasn't designed to go out of shotgun. The coach was like, what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Everybody's been through it, Don. I mean, we're people, you know, they're just every everybody has issues from time to time. My my biggest one wasn't really that big a deal, but we were driving down to uh Mississippi State when I was at UT and we were gonna go to the Tennessee uh Mississippi State game back in nineteen. Like you were a student back then? Okay. Yes, nineteen ninety four. Yeah. And that was uh when Peyton Manning threw the out route where everybody was like, Okay, this guy's legit. Not that people didn't think that before, but there was no way not to think about it after he hit this out route to Kendrick Jones where the corner thought he had baited him into an interception and the ball just went whizzing by his head. Next thing you know, Kendrick Jones, like 80-yard touchdown. Anyway, we got caught in Atlanta traffic, and it was one of these deals where, you know, guys will do this. He'll be like, I really need to use the bathroom, but let's get through Atlanta. I want to get through Atlanta and on the other side of Atlanta and then we'll deal with it. Actually, Which now that totally think, makes uh, sense, right? Yeah. Now that I think about it, we were going to Gainesville. Um, that would make a lot more sense going through Atlanta. Anyway, it's not really important to the story, but we get into that Atlanta rush hour traffic, which I didn't think about. <laughs> Two and a half <laughs> hours, Don Davenport, sitting oh, no. through inner city Atlanta, trying to just get to the other side. And at that point, I mean, you're just in pain and having to deal with it. And like, if I'd have been in a car by myself, there might've been a Gatorade bottle involved, but I'm in the car with like three other people. <laughs> Wait, so no, it wasn't uh, really an option. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, I, is it, wait. I, okay. I, I thought a Gatorade bottle wasn't an option anyway. Yeah, no, I was, I'm talking about number one, not number two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've never really, all uh, right. Had the other side of that. Six one five seven three seven. I have not either. Thank goodness. Dawn, you don't well, want to share you. your story? No, no. The I know. you were talking I mean, about in the break. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> but it's like you hear seriously, you hear about like play by play guy who can't leave the booth, right? And it's just stuck. Um, I've never had that happen to me either, but maybe a sideline reporter, I don't know, you know. No, I've never had anything. You could literally just walk up the tunnel. Right. And then just hope Dave Neal doesn't go to you. (laughs) Although I will say this, some it's hard to find restrooms field level because obviously they're not going to let you in the locker rooms, right? And so last year I worked football season pregnant where, you know, you have to go to the restroom five million times, you know, because baby's on your bladder. So, uh, yeah, so it was difficult to uh, sometimes to find bathrooms. I had to, like, walk up into the stands and go into the concourses sometimes. Crazy. It was uh, not ideal. I, I tried to pull the whole, uh, I'm pregnant, can I get in the locker room <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, so sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. There is a um, – we got the, uh, the contract uh, for um... – South Carolina and coach Beamer, uh, 2.75 million per for five years. And, and 
I think, Don, only 1.1 million of that is coming from the university. I think the the rest of it is coming from, as they labeled it, outside sources. It's funny now that that they use that as a selling tool to kind of tell you, look, we know that we're just hemorrhaging money here. And so we also know that we just hired a football coach. But look, this amount of it is not coming from us, you know? Like, you used to never hear that part of it at all. Like, they would almost hide that uh from school to school like how much of it is coming from donor a and donor b and things like that but now uh, it's super public yeah and i I think south carolina did a good job considering um you know the amount of money that they had to pay will muschamp to go away and then Mm -hmm. come up with a pretty good coach i I think shane beamer will be a pretty good coach he's done it all offense defense special teams he's been a number of places worked for a number of um um, some of the best coaches out there that's what stands um, out to me because it would have been very easy for him to just like ride the Coach Beamer, uh, elder Coach Beamer coattails and and stick with him. But he made it, a, he made a purposeful effort to learn there, but then also um, go elsewhere and coach different positions and join different staffs and learn you know different things from that standpoint. So that that stands out to me about him is just. Uh, <laughs> is is just his it, it, knowing that he wanted to make sure that he could go elsewhere to learn and not just constantly be under his dad's umbrella right exactly and uh that makes a lot of sense and, and again you know just like Clark Lee I mean Shane Beamer's never been a head coach so you, you just have to wait and see like it's hard to say I hate this hire this is so stupid why would you do that yeah, like you really can't do that right or you can't really say this is a great hire this guy's going to win 10 games a year like you just don't know so you know these first time guys are, are certainly wait and see guys and we spent a lot of time talking about Clark Lee under those uh parameters yesterday um and uh you know we'll, we'll continue to um um discuss those things and and Kentucky um, went uh, with an offensive coordinator from the Rams, and I got to look it up because I had it up and then I didn't. But they replace um, Eddie Grant and um, quarterbacks coach. They replace, yes, they replaced two guys Pinshaw. with one. Pinshaw, right. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, but uh, some moves in the SEC. Obviously, Liam Auburn. Cohen. Liam Cohen, that's it. That's it coming over from the Rams. Um, and he's got college experience too. So we, we will wait and see what happens with Auburn, uh, coming up at four 15, your chance to win Titans lions tickets. Don Davenport will give you that opportunity and Alan bell will join us. And he's got the latest in terms of the Auburn coaching search. Hugh freeze is the favorite, but Don, I'm hearing Hugh freeze is not going to be the guy. Um, we'll see things change in these deals. Um, as, as we talked about with the Vandy search, uh, five minutes from now, you know, you could hear something different, but, um, I keep hearing Sarkeesian and then, uh, you know, uh, Chris Lowe threw out a, a odd name yesterday, Kevin Steele, who's been a long time, uh, assistant coach, uh, at a number of places. He was a head really coach too, dude. way back in the day though. I mean, that's, clearly, that's he's right. been, yeah, I think it was, he was the head coach at Baylor. That's right. And was not successful as a head coach. Now, that being said, it was a really, really long time ago. <laughs> like, long time ago. Uh, I'm pretty Auburn sure fan, he's learned quite a bit since then. As an Auburn fan, would you rather have Kevin Steele or C- Steve Sarkeesian if you had to have one of those two guys? Oh, yikes. <laughs> probably Sarkeesian, probably. I, think, I don't I know. Think See, Sark too. 
Yeah. But here's the deal with steel. So uh, I've been lucky enough to work a couple of Auburn games uh, since he's been the DC. And so just sitting in coaches meetings with him, he's, he's the coach that like wants to talk to you about his team, but he wants to teach you and really show you what he's thinking and, and what, defenses think when they do certain things you know so he's the coach that's on the whiteboard drawing up plays for the broadcast crew like kind of walking them through different stuff like hey look this is why we do this this is what they do and this is how we combat that you know so I I always loved speaking with him from that standpoint Um, I will say I thought he's he was super laid back in his later years there um as DC, I mean, just very laid back, not, uh, you know, I don't know. I just like, he talked a lot about his beach house and his, you know, he likes to fish in Florida and all of that. I've just, that's a, that's a big job and it's a lot of work and I get a DC is a lot of work too, but it's a different role. Some guys are just better coordinators. We'll, We'll see with regard to that. Swaggy P on Twitter. I was driving through the country one time and there was nowhere to stop and cause I mean country. I had to pull over and S-bomb in the creek. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Carl, no. When no, I lived in Atlanta, no, I kept no. Gatorade bottles in my car. You would consistently get stuck on 75 and 85. And one e- evening with five people in the car, I told everyone to look away. Oh, uh, <laughs> and Atlanta big traffic is the worst. It is. Big tie. That's a smart move, Gatorade bottles in Atlanta. Big tie on Twitter. Uh, my senior year in high school at our homecoming game, I played defensive tackle. My stomach started bubbling and cramping. In the fourth quarter, I made it barely to the end of the game. We won, and while Coach was giving the after-game speech, I was in the toilet. 3HL powered by the Tennessee Lottery on 104.5.